0: Welcome to Cut the Chaos, the podcast that teaches you to cut through the noise, take back control of your life, and create a future you love. I'm your host, professional certified coach, Sandra Jarvis. Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'm excited today to introduce another coach that's here with me. Um, This is Shelby Hansen, and she is a chronic illness warrior, a kidney transplant recipient, and a life coach. And she's an Air Force wife and mom to four kids. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Welcome, Shelby.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, it's wonderful to get to know you a little bit better and to kind of talk about my passions. And my passion is definitely helping women with chronic illness. Um, I that had a kidney awesome. transplant., <laughs> yeah. I had a kidney transplant three and a half years ago, and yeah, just I, it really opened my eyes to the world of chronic illness. and um, I'm somebody that is uh, like many of the people that are chronically ill, was definitely on the overachiever side of things. Always push, push, push. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't <this> that interesting?
0: <laughs> it is. It oh. is. Well, so. I totally get that. And I, I love this niche that you've chosen. Um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about my history, but I have mm-hmm. so many, <laughs> so many things <laughs> that fall into this. And so I'm really excited for you to share this with my audience and, and just tell us what you, you know, what you do in your business, but also to tell us kind of your story and how how you got into this particular area
1: yeah absolutely so kind of like what i was saying before is that i just people joke that they were like oh shelby lives in a 30 hour day like she could get done in 24 hours what would take other people 30 hours to do (laughs) (laughs) like always going always busy always really finding my worth by my productivity so always felt that need to rush and um Finally slowed down. We had, I'd had my third baby. Uh, we were living in Japan when she was about six, seven weeks old. We moved across the country, across the world to Alabama, across the country to California, and then across the country again to Florida before she was wow. a year and a half old.
0: That is so crazy.
1: <laughs> so I got there and I was just really tired. And I thought that, oh, this is just tired mom life. I've got three young kids and not recognizing that this overwhelming, debilitating fatigue was a symptom of kidney disease. So in 2015, I was diagnosed with 20% kidney function and they, the doctors were like, immediately like, you qualify for the transplant list. So I went from thinking like, I'm just a tired mom and I'm gonna figure this out to, you need an organ transplant.
0: That's so crazy. So yeah. is was does kidney disease run in families? Is it a genetic thing or just something that happened to you?
1: So it can run in families. The most common type of um, issue that causes kidney damage is diabetes. I did not have diabetes um, and nobody in my family has ever had kidney disease. I did mm. get um, tested for Alport syndrome. And I did test positive that I do have Alport syndrome. It's a collagen defect that can affect your membranes of your kidneys, your eyes, and your ears. I don't oh, have any okay. of the eye and ear issues, um, but when I did go to the specialist up at the Cleveland Clinic, he looked at my biopsies of my kidneys and everything. And he was like, I think this is something autoimmune. Like this doesn't look like a presentation of Alports. It usually doesn't progress this quickly. Oh, so. Okay. I just have a big question mark that has just stayed there since about 2016.
0: So interesting.
1: Don't really have a great answer for it. They put me on high dose steroids to see if it would help, but the damage was already done.
0: Huh? So then how long did it take for them to find a kidney for you?
1: Yeah, that's the interesting part. I got on the transplant list in 2016, January of 2016. And, I mean, part of that was I was kind of shuffling my feet because I was like, "This is not real." <laughs> I was 31 years yeah. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I was so like crazy. this doesn't happen. I can just like figure out a way to heal this. I'm like, you can't heal organ damage that is that far gone. I mean, maybe somebody has. I haven't been able to. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I was on the transplant list, and in June, on Father's Day of that year, found out that I was pregnant with our fourth. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, we had decided that we, we, we'd wanted another child, but decided that we were going to call our family complete and be done. And God had other plans for us. Yes. <laughs> so I was put on, um, on hold for the kidney transplant list. So I was still accruing time during the pregnancy and thankfully the pregnancy turned out perfectly healthy. He's He'll be five next month. Um, but of course, I didn't know that along the whole time. But right. um, anyway, they put me after nursing and everything. I was back active on the transplant list in November of 2017. And on the 4th of July, 2018, while I was out paddleboarding with my family, I got a call that there was a kidney available.
0: Wow. And I'm sure that was <laughs> thrilling.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's so funny because I <laughs> they called and I was like, do I have to say yes? I feel like I don't need one. <laughs> I was in such utter denial.
0: <laughs> oh, that is very interesting.
1: <laughs> like Other people around me were like, "You don't even know how sick you are. Like you have no understanding. You know, I, because I was, I could function relatively okay for a day. And then the uh-huh. next day I was just laid out flat on the couch. Okay, And then it'd be okay for a day and this is just it it's come on so slowly too it had become almost normal oh,
0: okay and so
1: um, yeah i had the transplant and i think i told you before but there was a lot of complications post transplant um, and so it's just been it's been this journey of like oh i get my hopes up and everything's going to be okay and then this really crazy thing happens, <laughs> like, right? And I think it's just a metaphor for life because we we always have these expectations. It's like, oh, I see this is the solution. I get there, and it's like, eh, maybe that's a lot different than I thought it was going to be over there. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, and that is so true. And and I think you know it's that we look for the solutions, right? And and we might mm-hmm. find a solution. But then there's always another problem. Yes. It's yes. like, <laughs> yes. It's never just here's the solution, and now
1: you can have a happy, beautiful life. <laughs> right. I know, because it's like, okay, you're going to get this kidney transplant. Okay, now you're going to be deathly ill because you got a virus that your transplanted kidney had.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, just oh. like
1: weird stuff would happen. Yeah. And it's just like I said, it's so funny because. I just, I I almost was, kept this pattern, I just had so attached to this pattern of being let down that I just, I really felt like if anything got really good, I was like, okay, where's the other shoe? Like, when's it going to drop?
0: Yeah. Like, I it can't be that. this good. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that, and I think that's actually kind of a common thing for people who have dealt with a lot of trauma because you just... you're you're always waiting for it it's like okay I know it can't be this good can't be this Mm -hmm. easy (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and I just just go ahead I realized like that thought like I just had all the time was like something bad's gonna happen something bad and it just kept me on that high alert in fear and anxiety like all the time just this heightened state of that yeah
0: and that is difficult it's a difficult way to live right? it's a, i mean because yeah i'm sure you had your kidney transplant you struggled to get through that and mm-hmm. then it was successful right
1: yes and that was something i wanted to tell to talk to you about i've been thinking about this throughout the week because that was like the part that i felt like was so painful to me was because I had this transplant. It was a really difficult match. Um, it didn't work for seven weeks. It finally started working. But where I was at like like in the upper teens of percent, it working before the transplant, like uh-huh. I was expecting, oh, yeah, I'll get like 90%, like upper 90% like function back. My kidneys settled at around 30 40% function.
0: Oh, now, really? And is that what yes. you still
1: have today? Yes. Yes. Today. Wow. So, um, so it's like one illness has the potential to knock this poor kidney out, which has been so fun with COVID (laughs) that causes kidney damage in severe cases.
0: Uh, Um, But,
1: but what I was going to say is that I looked at that transplant, even though I would like that it had happened and I wasn't rejecting it. I looked at it for so long as a failure. And I was just like, this failed. Like I was supposed to, cause my expectations were so high. And mm-hmm. plus, I mean, I kind of had like this nebulous expectations of what I thought it would be like afterwards. I knew a transplant is not a cure, but right. I also was like, you know, I know it's a treatment. I'm not going to have to deal with some stuff but I hadn't really defined what success for me was. So anything that wasn't like perfect was like an automatic failure in my mind.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that's interesting because I think that's something we do like with life, right? That it's just, it, we have these expectations and we don't, determine in advance what Mm -hmm. we are going to see as a success. And so then it's so easy to fail and then failure just means that you're a loser. Right.
1: (laughs) And like all the other terrible things that we tell ourselves and we're like, okay, we've got to do anything to avoid that.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, so that's really interesting that you saw it that way. So what happened that changed your mindset around all of that? (laughs) Or did something happen? Maybe something didn't happen. (laughs) Well, so it's
1: crazy because, like I said, this transplant, like I, they wouldn't let me carry a gallon of milk for three months after this transplant. Mind you, I have a one-year-old baby at this point and three other kids. And I... In Jody Moore's program for a while. She, she actually like had coached me before I had started to ask people to get tested for a transplant. And it was just like such a wonderful experience to get coached and really like starting to exercise this trust muscle that had like atrophied my uh-huh. body. <laughs> like right. I don't trust, <laughs> like things are scary. There's nothing to trust here. Right. I had committed to, if I could, if I was strong enough, three months after that, after my surgery, I went and did a week long coaching retreat with Jodi, the first one she'd ever offered over Be Bold Masters and just got my brain coached like crazy for a solid week. Oh, wow. And the thing that I came to was really like how much I was hiding of myself, how much I was just like on the surface, like, oh, everything's fine. This is supposed to be easy. And I was really mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember like somebody coaching me and I, and they were like, well, how do you feel? And I was like, pissed. <laughs> She's like, yeah. we all know think you're hiding it, but we all know you feel that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's a difficult thing. I know that as I, I mean, I still think I had cancer. I think you and I talked about that, but I had cancer in 2012. And when I had the cancer, there were so many other things going on in my life that I never really even processed the cancer. And I remember, I mean, it was like six years later that all of this anger came up around my body failing me. yeah and it was really intense because it was like how you know how do you try how do you trust yourself Mm
1: -hmm. when
0: you don't know if you can actually trust your body exactly yeah I know
1: you've just hit the pain point of most of my clients right there yeah (laughs) because the funny thing too is that since we feel like we can't trust our bodies then we're like We, we almost, we almost separate ourselves out from our bodies. We just live in our heads and and people talk about this all the time. Like my brain tells me I can do all this stuff, but then my body can't do all of it. And then I get upset. Mm -hmm. And then there's this shame spiral, like all of this, because we're so afraid to live in our bodies.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. That is so true. You know, in life coaching, I think we talk a lot about relationships. We talk about relationships with other people, relationships with ourselves. But there's also the relationship that you have with your own body, just created by your thoughts, what you're thinking about your body. When yeah. you're thinking like all these terrible things about your body, like it's betrayed me, and which feel really true. Like, yeah. your body's like, I've been trying to talk to you, but you don't listen. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, because <laughs> you're having 30-hour days in 24
1: yeah, hours. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, like, yeah. you know, there's tons of people that, like, you know, will, will go and do a bunch of stuff, and they're not going to end up with disease. Like, we don't know why any of this happened. And that's another thing I'm like, I I, I am not about the, everything happens for a reason. I'm like, <laughs> no, I just don't think it does. I think that we live in a fallen world. This is the kind of place that we're in. But we get to define and find meaning in whatever we go through. I think that's yes. always in our power. I think that's very true. Yeah. So when you were saying too, like about success, it's so funny because I was just journaling about this, like this week, like maybe in preparation for this. I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> what does success for my kidney stuff look like? And I'm like, success looks like me not being on dialysis. mm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, if I just think that, it means I didn't fail. The surgery wasn't a failure. My body didn't fail me. Like it may not be where I wanted it to be, but it's not a fail. And even dialysis is not a fail, but like, this is where my brain is right now.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so much more powerful. Mm (laughs) In so many ways. And the thing that I mean, I personally believe is that our, our minds have so much to do with how our bodies function. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that you failed, then, well, you're, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> yes. yes. If you believe that, no, this was totally a success and I am successfully living the life I want to live, then that's what you're setting yourself up for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, it, it just comes down to like, how do I define success for me in a way that's really loving and really gentle and yes. not, because I'm like, we're used to beating ourselves up. We're used to beating ourselves, our bodies up everything. Right. And, and it's, uh, one of my friends told me this, but I love it. She's like, our, our brains speak to us through thoughts, and our bodies speak to us through symptoms.
0: Oh, interesting. I really like that.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm like, I now have such a better relationship with my body because I'm so fascinated by everything that she does, everything that she's gotten me through. I'm like, she's got me through four like for childbirths, like drug free childbirths, <laughs> like she's pretty incredible. She's done some amazing things. I hiked the Great Wall of China, like eight months pregnant. Wow. Like this, this body has done some amazing things. I need to give her some credit. And when she's like, oh, you're going to have a little ache in your back, like listen to her, not try to make that go away. Be like, okay, what's that about? Yes. Like and drop into my body and be like, oh. You haven't walked around for a while. Maybe you should walk for a second. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea that, you you know, your mind speaks to you in thoughts and your body speaks to you in symptoms and, and that that's what we need to be listening to. I, that is really powerful. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to ignore the symptoms <laughs> until they're right? so bad. There's Yeah, exactly. And that, I, I don't know, I was just on a call with another client actually. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this because she was having some symptoms and she had been putting it off and putting it off and putting it mm-hmm. off and finally mm-hmm. went and took care of it. And, and we were just talking about, you know, how empowering it feels when you finally take care of yourself. Yes. And why is it that we put it off and push it aside. And, you know, we're not, we're not important or we're not listening and it goes until it's something much worse than it could have been.
1: Yeah. And it's a symptom of that deeper problem of not having a really good relationship with yourself.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of believing you're not enough. Mm -hmm. You're not important Mm -hmm. enough. You know, yeah. Or enough. other things
1: are more important than you.
0: Right. It's
1: like, where's your yeah. priorities? And, right. and we know, I mean, there's like a thousand analogies. It's just like, you can't pour from an empty cup. Don't run faster than you can walk. You know, it's like, then you can't just, there's all of these things where we know we don't show up as our best selves. if We're not taking care of ourselves, but then we like add that layer of shame sometimes. Like I should be taking care of myself. And I'm right. not, and then we feel worse about ourselves instead of just being like, oh, that's just like a bunch of beliefs and thoughts my brain's offering me. Yeah. How can I shift into something that's like so much more loving and gentle? Right. Yeah. And I think too, there's a, I,
0: a friend of mine used to say all the time, she was like, I really truly believe that the world would have much less need if we would all recognize that our first responsibility is to take care of ourselves and our family.
1: Amen.
0: (laughs) And that's not the priority that we have. I mean, most of us are not doing that. We are so willing to serve everybody else. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to putting ourselves first, then it's, it's not the priority and we push it aside and we ignore our own needs and we, mm-hmm. we just don't do it. And then we end up meeting, right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're like, wait a second. What's gone wrong here? Something's not right.
0: working. <laughs> and it's just
1: like, our bodies are like, Hey, here. Yeah. I've been supporting you the whole time.
0: Right. You see me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's just so fascinating because it's such an easy fix but mm-hmm. we don't we don't see it until we're breaking down
1: yes and then we're like wait a second this wasn't supposed to happen and like i said we just add all of that to it like we just and i think a lot of it too is just this this hustle culture mentality where it's like just push push grind like you know wake up really early, do all of this stuff, like, you know, don't prioritize rest, like rest is for the week, like all of that. And it's just like, and we wonder why people are sick and sad in our
0: society. (laughs) It's true. It is so true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then tell me, okay, so you are coaching women with chronic illness. That's you, that's who you focus your coaching on, right? so when you work with women who have chronic chronic illness what is your goal like what are you helping them with
1: so a lot of them because we've neglected our relationships with our body so much of it is dropping into our bodies and allowing ourselves to feel emotion allowing the emotions to be present allowing our bodies to do what they were built to process emotions through our bodies because there's, we're so scared of it. We're just like, I can't trust my body. Like I gotta, I gotta distract myself. I gotta push away from that emotion. We don't want to do that. And so it's slowing everything down because our brains are on their, they're in fight or flight, honestly, is where they're at. Our brains are like, so going quick and telling us like, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. And the body's breaking down because the body always wins. right (laughs) at the end of the day like you do too much the body will win right Just so afraid of learning to trust their bodies because it's it's foreign is the only reason why Mm -hmm. and because it's different it feels scary but it is the solution
0: yeah yes and yeah (laughs) feelings are so scary. Why is that? They're just <laughs> vibrations in our body. Right?
1: Right. <laughs> I know. But it's just like, we think that we can hide them. We think we can shove them away. We think that we don't feel emotion. That's what most of my clients will say. Like, oh, I don't feel emotion. I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's why your body's like screaming at you right now. Cause you pushed all that away. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, exactly.
1: There's a lot of that also. As overachievers whose identity has now been compromised because we now have chronic illness diagnoses, some just, you know, undiagnosed, but a lot of symptoms, right? It's learning, like I was saying before, it's learning this gentleness with yourself. It's learning how to not push yourself because that's what got us into the problem in the first place. I am very, very goals oriented. Mm-hmm. But I teach goals to my people with chronic illness much differently because we want to go zero to 60. We're here and we see where we want to go and we want to be there right now. We, and right. that's that's a symptom of fear because mm. when you're in a hurry, it's because you're afraid of something. Interesting. So we're, yeah. So we're learning a lot of presence and we're learning a lot of we're going to be consistent and get 1% better. And it's going to take us to our goal. You're not going to have a breakdown because you're not pushing too hard. I like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So, um, so do you work with, with, with these clients on managing pain and stuff like that? Or is it more on mindset issues?
1: So we can do stuff with pain. I've been learning some really, really fascinating stuff. Um, There's a great book that's out, The Way Out by Alan Gordon, and he talks about neuroplastic pain. There is some pain that has a physical reason. This is not the kind of pain that I'm talking about. Chronic pain is your brain misinterpreting sensations that happen in your body and turning on this fear signal, which uh, that misinterpretation your brain is sending pain signals to your body. And then we get into this chronic pain state. So some of the coaching is done around how do I change what those brain signals, how I'm interpreting the sensations in my body. How am I bringing a level of safety? Because if we're in fear, we don't feel safe. Like that's, that's, that's what ke- is keeping us from healing. So it's just different techniques to help people increase their level of, of the feeling of safety, which of course comes from our thoughts. Our thoughts create our feelings.
0: Right. Yes. Well, that's fascinating. So the mm-hmm. way out by Alan Gordon is what you oh, said.
1: Oh, so amazing. Yes. They did a study on people with chronic back pain. Some of them had had it for decades and he took them through a pain repro- reprocessing therapy that included some somatic training, which is uh-huh. a lot of dropping into your body, a lot of paying attention to your body and With judgment, with (laughs) no judgment is what I meant to say, (laughs) Uh judgment free, and curiosity. Like those, like we've had enough judgment in our lives as chronically ill people. It's this curiosity is actually very healing because it brings us out of judgment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, they did this study after this brain reprocessing therapy. We were able to say that sixty-six percent of the people with chronic back pain were cured and kept lasting results.
0: Wow. That's really amazing.
1: <laughs> it's incredible. Like all of this research is coming out right now. And I just think it there's never been a better time, there's never been a better time for people to learn how to trust their bodies and that their bodies are safe places to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that is such a powerful message and one that is so needed because there, especially in our current climate with everything that's going on it's we have to we have to learn about mm-hmm. learn to trust or we're going to end up hiding in our homes in fear
1: <laughs> yes right exactly and yeah. I mean I just experienced this myself um I I had a, a jaw surgery I had a cyst removed in my jaw bone um about seven eight weeks ago uh-huh. and they were like oh yeah three days and you'll be fine even right now, I have pain from it. And Ugh. I've been playing with this. this is why I love this book with the way out because when I start to feel the pain, and this is how I know it's neuroplastic is because it comes and goes. like mm. in the morning, I can barely feel it. By the end of the night when all the stress has happened and everything from the day, like sometimes it's hard to chew anything at that point. It's so but time for me to practice if I'm feeling pain, sending my body signals of safety, really practicing those thoughts that are bringing that level of safety. And every time I'm like, I'm not trying to get rid of the pain, but I'm trying to tell my body I'm safe because my my brain. Especially before this book, wanted to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna lose a tooth and maybe my jaw's misaligned. And what if they <laughs> what if what if they like messed up how my bite is and like all of this stuff and I was just like right. ah 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 and all of that pain, all of that fear that my thoughts were creating mm-hmm. was contributing to the pain I was experiencing and because i was getting sensations from my jaw my brain is in a panic high alert state and is like oh let's send pain there so that i'm feeling pain and then i'm getting scared and it's just this terrible cycle we get in and so it was i knew it too because and honestly i i you know i i have seen the devastating effects of opioids and so i was like i can't like i'm in a lot of pain but i also don't want to have to rely on these drugs Plus I was taking some after the surgery and they weren't helping. Right. Like I was still feeling the pain and I was like, I'm not going to take those if I still feel pain. Right. This was actually effective for me.
0: Interesting. That's mm-hmm. really powerful.
1: And yeah. it's been a, it's been a new way for me again to relate to my body, even on a deeper level. And I'm right. like, okay, what are you really trying to tell me? And my, yeah, <laughs> My my cute little amygdala or a little like primitive brain that's like, right. danger, danger. I'm like, what are you afraid of? And I just, you know, when I get really quiet and ask those questions and wait for an answer, it's like, oh, well, I'm afraid that you're going to like go too fast before we can heal. Right. So I'm going to send you a lot of pain. So you'll be just scared. To slow so you, you down. Do exactly. <laughs> so then my level of safety is, hey, I see you not going to go too fast. I'm going right. to take care of us. Yeah. Then I feel safe. And then all of that anxiety and the level of pain starts to dissipate.
0: That is amazing. So that I, I think what you just described is so powerful because it can be used today. Like
1: yep. for, right? you
0: know, for people who are dealing with chronic pain, if you're having something, then talk to your body and recognize those things. And I think it's important you said, you know, there is actual physical pain that you feel. And that's not where we're talking about, but talking about managing the, the emotions that bring up pain is Mm -hmm. super powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. And the pain that I'm feeling like this chronic pain, this pain in my gut, it's real. Yeah. My brain made it real. So it's real because yes. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, well then maybe it's not real because it's just in my head." Nope. No, it's real. It's,
0: it it hurts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. It,
0: it's not fake. It is not fake pain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all oh. in your head, although it is in your head. Right. But right. you're still feeling it. Yes. Yeah. And so that's such a powerful thing to recognize that you do have some control over how you, how you process that and how you, you know, what you said, just drop into your body and allow for the things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And that is a powerful, powerful process. Isn't it incredible what our brains can do? I just find our brains absolutely fascinating. The most amazing thing that we have and that we ignore, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes.
1: So true. And I just think about, you know, I have four kids. My oldest is in high school. My youngest is, is four, almost five. And I'm just like, this is so amazing that I'm learning this right now and I can teach it to them. Yeah. I'm yeah. changing how we relate to pain and how we relate to emotional suffering and right. loss and trauma, because I mean, it's not, it, it may, it may be a bigger or a smaller trauma, but I mean, I've, lived in so many different states in so many different countries my dad was in the army my husband's in the air force there is the trauma of moving for my kids still yes. they may not have moved as many times as I have but there's this sense of loss and so I'm able to help them cope with it in the moment rather right. than having to deal with it when in their 30s when stuff is coming up they're like what's the matter yeah <laughs> oh my <gosh>. exactly
0: exactly <laughs> yeah well that is amazing. Your story is incredible and the work you are doing is so awesome. So I really appreciate you being here today and talking to us about this a little bit. And I always leave my audience with an affirmation. Do you have an affirmation that you could share with us today?
1: I do. It's it's a little bit different, but it is an affirmation too. So I was doing an exercise earlier and it's this question you ask yourself what if it's no big deal so what, what if, if it's, it's no, no big deal? deal yeah what if it's no big deal that my back hurts what if it's no big deal that it hurts to chew what if it's no big deal that i compare myself to others like what if what if this is not a big deal
0: i like it <laughs> what if it's no big deal i like it I think we should all have a sign tattooed on our foreheads so we can remind each other. Yes. What
1: if it's yeah. not a big deal? It's not. Maybe it's not this big thing that I've been making in my head. Maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. it just
0: is. That's awesome. All right. So that's what you can take with you today. What if it's no big deal and just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um so again thank you for being here and tell us how we can get a hold of you if someone wants to talk to you further or wants to work with you how would we get a hold of you
1: okay i have two main ways actually three okay. but i am on instagram every single day so you can follow me there i'm at shelby creates a beautiful life Okay. Um, Got some, got some little periods in there every once in a while. But yeah, Shelby creates a beautiful life.
0: (laughs) I'll put that in the show notes so that people can copy it and paste it. So, okay. And I
1: make, I make a reel every day. So it's always fun over there.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Great.
1: (laughs) And then my website is Shelby K Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N.com. Okay.
0: All right. Great. And then
1: I also have my podcast, Shelby, uh, create, creating your beautiful life.
0: Oh, Okay. All right. I will put all of that information in the show notes so people can find you. And thank you again for coming and sharing your story. And I appreciate you being here.
1: Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for being here today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow rate and review to help me get the word out. And if you really enjoyed this episode, grab a screenshot and share it on social media. Thanks again for spending a few minutes in my world.